Good afternoon. You are listening to the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour talk radio show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the CAT 10 ENT network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Recovery Hour. This Once again, this is Bill and Tanisha, and we are just like we always say, we got a real treat for y'all today. And, and what, But we always say it, but we always mean it, man. Uh, I know that last week uh, we had uh, the chief of police and we had uh, Chad, uh, development officer from Viewpoint, and we were talking about programs and processes that are impacting the way that people flow through our communities. Um, before we get off to the cosmos, um, I would be remiss if, first of all, I didn't say, Tanisha, say hi to all the people out there in Radio Land, because they love Tanisha's voice. This is Hello, the voice of everyone. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone out in Radio Land, out in Facebook, uh, YouTube, everywhere who gets to hear these messages all on the um, platforms, the podcasts and all of that. I am just grateful and honored again to be with you all another week and um, live my recovery out loud and support the uh, messaging that we're here to bring you. Thank you, Tanisha. So like I always say, I would be remiss if I didn't first shout out our sponsors, shout out to the Stepping Up Initiative which is a national initiative, but has been adopted here in Rockdale County. The purpose of this initiative is to reduce the number of people in jails that have mental health or substance use disorders, or that look like us on the inside or the outside. And, and shout out to our fearless leader, Commissioner Doreen Williams, who is the tip of the spear, who without her, we probably wouldn't be here doing this like this. And that's for sure. Shout out to Hurricane Maine, and Cat 10 Entertainment, Category 10 Entertainment, coming to you on the His Hop Network. Want to shout out to those partners, man, because that's the thing that we have figured out, that it's partnership that makes this thing stronger. Together we are stronger. So speaking about stronger, and they say iron sharpens iron. So what we did was we, we, we tried to get Iron Man, but we got somebody stronger. We went, we went all the way... <laughs> We went all the way in and we came out hard, man. Today, we got Ricky Davis and he's the CEO of UE Entertainment. And, and, you know, he's a powerful partner to us, to recovery, to the recovery community, to himself and a lot of other people. So we, we've got Ricky here today and we're going to get a chance to ask him some questions. Tanisha, tell the people out there in Radio Land how you met Ricky and how his, his business and work impacted you. So... Of course, when you're doing good work, word travels, right? And so I first heard about, I actually saw him on a um, video with Rise Theater. And then I heard about a recovery, all recovery bash he was doing for Thanksgiving. And everybody was excited about going. And so I looked it up and I'm like, hey, this is the same guy that I saw before on, on the video with Rise. 
And um, of course I got the tickets and I wanted to go because I was excited about seeing what they were doing. When I went out to the event, it was awesome. It was amazing. I saw people there that I had seen before. I got to see Yo Sis perform, did an awesome, amazing performance. I just, I always love seeing her. And so I was just excited and very, um, very intrigued by the work he was doing, you know, because as people in recovery, that's one of the things when we come into recovery, it's like, oh my God, I can't have fun anymore but he's providing a platform for people to be able to still have fun without the use of substance use and, um, and alcohol. So that's how I, wow. I met him. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. My name is Bill, as y'all know, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. And, and what that means for me today is that no matter where I started, but I can finish great. And for what that means to me today is I'm not alone what that means today that there are my predecessors and partners out there that are doing incredible work and my heart and my mind is open to receive those messages and be part of this, this greater recovery community. So today we have the privilege of, like I said, to bring Ricky. Ricky, can you tell the people out there who you are and why you came here today and why you do what you do? Hey, everybody, and Tanisha and Bill, thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor and a privilege, first of all, and I am truly humbled. First, let me introduce myself. My name is Ricky Davis, and I am the founder of UE Entertainment, UE Entertainment Recovery News, and uh, I am a person in long-term recovery. April 15th of this year, I celebrated 31 years of continual clean time and sobriety. And for that, I am grateful, you know? And I, I guess the reason that I am here, and like you say, Bill, it started, you know, in early recovery. People showed me how to do marathon meetings when you were afraid to hang out on, on holidays. They, they showed me uh, how to prepare and get ready to go to events or conventions, you know, all surrounded around recovery. You know, back in the 90s, you know, when I came around, it, it was a big deal to, to have fun, to recover, to fellowship most of all. And that was instilled in me. You know, it, it's kind of like, what do people do to stay clean and sober on 4th of July? I was scared to death my first 4th of July, you know, and I ended up at a marathon meeting and lunch at Hooters when it was down at uh, Underground Atlanta with a bunch of clean and sober people, you know. So uh, the enjoyment part in that sense have been with me my whole recovery, uh, th that dream. Um, you know, I, I am a biker also, so I love live music. I love going out seeing live music. So I've participated in that in sober groups and, and with, with clean and sober people also. So uh, it's just a part of it, you know. Uh, but mostly with UE Entertainment, it kind of start highlighting and just giving props to people that were a part of my recovery. I, I do a thing on the page of people that were a part of my foundation. There are still several people around that were in my first meeting, you know, my first couple of meetings when, when, when I first came around. So it's a part of that foundation thing. And just saying, hey, we see what you're doing 
And we want to let other people know what you're doing also. So that that's kind of the basis of it. And it just kind of evolved since then. You know, um, I myself, one of my businesses, I'm a freelance stagehand. So I work in the business also. So that gives me a lot of opportunities. And um, so it kind of encouraged me to have my first event. So okay. I think now we're up to like, we're getting ready to have February the 11th, a all recovery Valentine's ball. So I think that'll be like our sixth event that we have had, that we have um, invited artists. So what we try to do is, is to provide a drug and alcohol free platform for artists in recovery to perform for the recovery community. Wow, you know, and that is, that opportunity to um, to get back to their craft, you know. Um, that's really, that's really powerful. And, and so I want to kind of go back because we, um, we're definitely going to hit on that. And I definitely want to let people kind of know that. But I want to go back because I want one of the things that our listeners, we want to give them the privilege of understanding how we came from where we were to get to where we are. Because I, I know that one of the things that, was very powerful for me and was when I saw us then, right? You know, and, and, you know, what you do is so important to me because I remember going to, you know, just being early recovery and where I was at, I was up in Savannah and they sent us to AA meetings because obviously you got to have three meetings a week. You got to get your sheet signed. So we went to the clubhouse, right? In the clubhouse, you know, they got these old dudes. Hey, man, come on, you know, and, and they got the old dudes there. And, and it, let's just say it wasn't very culturally agile, right? And, and so I, I'm sitting up in there because I got to go because I got to get this sheet signed because the police are parked outside waiting for me. And, and I'm trying not to do that bid, right? And, and, and I'm sitting in those meetings and I'm and people are saying to me, I've been sober for 40 years. Shut up. You know, and I'm saying to myself, if this is what it's like, then I'm probably dead because there's no way. I hear people say, I go to a meeting every day. You know, I'm saying to myself, oh, shit. <laughs> if that's what this is going to have to be, I know I'm dead because if I have to come here every day from now on to sit with these dudes. Ain't no way, you know, and and a friend of mine, because when I came in, I was dead ass. I didn't have nothing, no nothing uh, but some funky socks on, you know, and, and a friend of mine, he had a car. And he used to go to N.A. conventions and he went to those conventions and he used to bring me back the, the CDs from the from that convention. Yeah. And, and I got a chance to hear people in long term recovery and they was talking that real talk. Right. And that was the first thing that that incited curiosity in me about what, and I didn't know then what what I, what it meant. I just thought it sounded better than what I was hearing. I didn't know that it had sparked my uh, my curiosity about what could be better and all that other stuff. And then I had a chance to go to an NA convention. And when I went to that NA convention and I meant, <laughs> cause you know, so I'm in my early recovery and I'm not really feeling very good about being who I am, right? And, and that was before I bought these teeth, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 you know, and that was before, you know, I, I don't know, somebody gave me a pair of pants to wear because I didn't have any clothes and, 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 and you know, 
I, I still had smoke coming off my head, right? And, and But I was looking at these people and they were shining, man. I was looking at people and they were laughing and, and they were hugging each other. And, 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 and then they were telling this truth. They were telling the truth and, and they were talking about this, this, what they were talking about was beyond my dreams. They were talking about having healthy relationship. They were talking about being faithful to, to their spouses. They were talking about living drug-free. They were talking about doing spiritual work. And, and they were talking about this God that everybody kept talking about. And, <laughs> and I was trying to picture that dude that I saw on their picture and to the God they were talking about. I couldn't match it up. But but it, to me, it was like going to the all-star game. I saw some people that I wanted to be them. I didn't believe that I could, but I wanted to be them. And, 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 and then I really just started really listening to those CDs and, and, and things. And I started hanging on every word. And, and somewhere it sparked the belief inside me that maybe someday, someday, Maybe I could even understand what they're saying. I still didn't believe I could be who they were. I didn't believe that, you know. But I said, especially when I was watching those speakers up there, I said to myself, man, I sure wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing that if, if that was even possible. I know it's not possible for me, but it, that's something that if it was possible, I would love to do it, you know. And, and today, that's who I am. We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of a community to carry out this vision, and together we are stronger. So I know the power of a positive messaging. I know the power of that. So let me ask you a question, Ricky. I want to go back, way back, way back, because you're, you're our predecessor and we have access to a time before the land that time forgot, right? And so I want to ask you a question. What was it like for you when you were still on the dark side, before you came across, before you came into recovery? What was it? What was that like? What, what was that like? Can you give us some insight Oh, oh, of course, of course. You know, I, I always say, you know, crack saved my life because I was a functioning alcoholic that was living through all the turmoil that any functioning alcoholic would live through. You know, uh, my disease got me to the point where I could barely work. It got me to where it pulled me out of my profession. And at that time, I was a chef by trade. And it landed me at that point. You know how it is when our disease tell us, don't go to work today. You don't need to go to work today. You're going to miss out on something if you go to work today. Don't worry about going to work. You know, like Richard Pryor, stay here with me today. I'll take care of you, Ricky. You know, that kind of thing. So um, basically, when I wasn't abusing my sister, 
I was sleeping in the uh, woods behind the labor pool, getting up yes. at that time, making about $4.50 an hour, you know, going to work at the labor pool, coming home that evening, getting your money that day. And your game was, you know, you get one or two dime rocks, you get a half a pint of Mr. Boston, and if you got enough, you top it off with a fifth of Mad Dog. And that was your evening, you, you know, and everything that came after that, you hustled it no matter what it was, you know, so that was kind of the end of my road there, where it took me. So, you know, I'm just a garden variety dope fiend. I'm just a garden variety addict. I didn't do anything no special than anybody else, but my disease took me as low as it wanted to take me or it was allowed to take me just like everybody else. So nothing was special about that. But the beauty of it was that at that time, it was through the people that I found something different. You know, my story was a little different than yours because I didn't go through treatment when I was introduced to this program. And, you know, we hear a lot of people say, you know, before I got here, I never heard of Narcotics Anonymous or I never heard of AA. And I was kind of similar to that. You know, I came in here because of a young lady who was almost the last person on the face of the earth that would sell me sex before I got here. You understand yes. what I'm saying? And the beauty of that little friendship that we had. So this friend ended up going to jail. And back in the late 80s, you know, we thought maybe she was just dead somewhere. You know, yes. her. all of us lived in the same room and house. The whole room and house was infested. You know what I mean by that, yes. you know, and nothing left her room. She just disappeared, Bill, you know. So and time went on. I bumped into this person down at, at Five Points train station. It was kind of like, oh, my God, everybody thought you was dead. Like I had seen a ghost, you know, and I tell you, Bill, from that point, it's like she opened up my head and start pouring the program in it, even yeah. when I didn't want it. You know, yes. it's like she started 12 stepping and 13 stepping me at the same time, you know, and. You know, and, it, it, you know, from my past, it was like, I'll follow you to Timbuktu as long as there's some sex behind it. You know what I mean? Yes. So yes. that was my drive and my introduction to the program. You okay. know, but this okay. lady said, I'm going to come pick you up and take you to a meeting. I'm going to take you to a meeting. And that's kind of how it started for me, man. I went to my first Narcotics Anonymous meeting with two dime rocks a half a pain of Mr. Boston, you know, following yes. my friend, the last thing was on my mind that I was going to get clean and sober and really didn't know I was going there to do that, you know, yes. but you know, it was, um, I would say before anything, it was the hope that she gave me yes. in giving me this program. And it yes. turned out the reason I'm cleaning sober today, I mean, I do all the things to, to, to stay clean and sober. But early on, it was because I wanted to make my friend proud. That's all yes. I had. I didn't yes. have treatment. I didn't have a lot of meetings. These few meetings I went to and what she gave me and how she gave it to me. Okay, Renee. Okay, okay, just tell me what to do. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm gonna do it. Yes. It got to that point, you know, yes. that made me even wanna detox. 
Yes. You know, which I did on my own with the help of her and some of her friends, you know, that kind of thing. But it was to make her proud, really, man. It, it was yes. like I saw what she had, you know, and she was just pouring the program in me, just yes. pouring, you know. So I want to thank you for sharing that. And because my next question was, and I think you already answered it. My next question was, why did you come across? So I think you probably already answered that. <laughs> You know, yep. they said, why did the chicken cross the street? So anyway, uh, yeah. And, and so uh, you came across and, and you found another way to live. And, yes. and, and so I want to ask you this. Tell us, where did your, where did the entertainment company, where did you How did that come out of that ethernet? How did that come to be? When did you say? I want to do this. And I hear you say you got a lot of business options and opportunities, but the EU entertainment, when, how did that come to, to be a thought, to be a thing? Well, I would say it was always there by the way I lived my life in recovery and the things that I participated in. But honestly, I was never a social media, media person, you know? And honestly, it really, really grew when I was encouraged to go on Facebook. So the, the social media part of it is what expanded my horizon. So okay. it made the dream touchable, okay. you know, and in the beginning, it was just honoring people. And, you know, like in my story and on my Facebook page and and that kind of thing. So that's really the idea was birth. So okay. I would say it was always there, but Facebook gave it a, a, a platform. Okay. Okay. And, and so as, as you trudge the road to happy destiny, and I heard you say you had, you, you have these events. So tell me kind of, how did you put together your first one and who were the artists and kind of what, what happened to you when you saw that, that thing happen? Oh, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. It was scary. It was all of those things, you know, and there was a young artist that uh, that I knew that went to meetings with me up at the Gwinnett Room. Right. And this girl had a gorgeous voice and she kind of helped me do it. And at the same time, I was talking to a lot of musicians also, you know, that kind of thing, because it started on the Facebook. And I knew that was kind of the whole idea of it. And it goes back to a gentleman that I once sponsored, who was a prominent musician at that time, but his disease robbed him of the joy of his life which was playing his guitar and making music. And through that process of sponsoring him through the years, he was able to pick his guitar back up and do his passion. You know what I mean? So I guess it was just the fear, man. At the time I had the money, talked to my wife, talked to my sponsor, talked to people in my network and said, hey, I'm going to do it. So I found several other artists that perform and I found a place that made trophies. So I had some people in my mind that I wanted to honor at the event. So the events, their music, they're honoring people, they're giving people that opportunity to say, this is what I do. So it really started out of fear, <laughs> if I would say anything. <laughs> 
everything out of fear and jumping out there because didn't even know if anybody would even come to the first one, which was a success. Right, right, right. So Tanisha, I want to ask you a question. I remember when you were talking to me about the event, and um, I, I remember, if I remember correctly, we were having that conversation and we have so much stuff going on. And I remember she was, and I was saying to myself, oh, I can't make it or whatever. And you said, I probably won't go. And then you decided to go. And then the next time I talked to you, you said, oh, I did go, right? So Tanisha, tell, tell me what your experience was like. Well, like I said, I mean, I was, I was blown away just by the entertainment, by the variety of different people that were there. Um, like Mr. Ricky was just saying, it pretty much started out and and I probably got there a little late, so I can't say how it started out. But um, the thing was, it gave it gave people in recovery a place to come, just like as if you were hanging out on a Friday night and coming somewhere, you know. And you had people being acknowledged, just like you said, people who got awards. You had people going up telling their recovery stories. Uh, you, you remember we just had we had um, Jeff Vickers on the radio show too. Ricky um, talking about sober slogans. He was one of the speakers there. And that's where I, I met him and his wife. I got to be able to buy a t-shirt from one of the vendors um, with the most high shirts. I love that. They had a media uh, group as well. Like I said, yo sis, that always attracts me. Anytime I see yo, yo sis on a flyer, I'm like, okay, I want to go. Yeah. So, and you know, they had their photo booth set up. They had the motorcycle stuff they were giving away prizes just like one of our our events like, yes. you know so it's like it was very relatable and I'm like the fact that you were able to do that pull it off you know during a pandemic because everybody is really like oh no it's a pandemic we have to you know make sure that protocols are met and everything sometimes you know people in recovery get forgetting about that you know we still need things to do we still need to be able to connect and I just I really loved it you know I really did enjoy it and I was just thinking while I was sitting there like I wish we had this in Rockdale I wish we had something going on you know on a normal basis in Rockdale you know I, I really did enjoy the platform that he provided. So Mr. Ricky I heard you say also I heard you say that you ride a bike I heard you say that. So can you, and, and we did a big motorcycle rally here. No, not because we didn't get you here, but we had a big motorcycle rally. And, and, and so could you tell us what is the experience of riding a motorcycle? When did that happen for you? And what is that like for you? What does that do for you? Well, I tell you, I grew up riding motorcycles, uh, grew up riding mini bikes as a child. So I've been riding forever. And I didn't ride probably for about 20 years. After I went in the military, I didn't ride for a long time. So I purchased my first bike again back in 1999. And I purchased a Sportster, a Harley, and been riding again since. And I tell you what, when I first started riding, I wanted, when I bought my first vest, the vest, one of the vests that I have now, I wanted it to be about recovery. You know, my patches, I wanted people to know that I was in recovery. So, um, I mean, I've been self-employed since 1996. So it wasn't like I never hid my, that I was in recovery. I have been, I have done it freely 
uh, since I've been in recovery or since I've been riding. So on the back of it, I put keep coming back, had it spray painted on my vest, right? And let me tell you, since 1999, I have been in bars. I have, man, I have had meetings. I had a meeting one time with a guy that I met in Clarkston 12 Steps in Tucker who had moved to Texas, downtown, I mean, downtown Daytona in the middle of the floor of the Iron Horse Saloon that yes. saw the back of my vest that said, keep coming back. And he was like, man, I know that slogan and people that know it, know it. So everywhere I go, man, I have had a meeting with somebody on the, the parkway going through North Carolina. We stopped, right, to see the overview. Some guys came out of the woods who were hiking. We started talking to guys saw my vest and we're having a meeting <laughs> up yes. in the North Georgia mountains. So everywhere I go, my vests have pointed me out. And man, I have had some, some of the coolest meetings that yes. you couldn't imagine because of that vest that have brought people to me that know now I got, you know, symbols, friend of Bill, friend of, you know, just yes. all of kind of stuff, you know, friend of my K, all of that kind of stuff, yes. you know, on the best. So it, it, I love uh, being in recovery and being a biker. All right, y'all, you are hearing it right here on the Recovery Hour. UE Entertainment presents on Friday, February 11th, 2022, an All Recovery Valentine's Ball. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the tickets are just $10. There will be live performances by artists such as Sarah Lynn Johnson and Alicia Marie Payne. You can register and purchase your tickets today at ueentertainment.net. And go follow Ricky Davis. It's spelled Ricky with the E. R-I-C-K-E-Y. Davis on Facebook so you can be one of the first to know about their upcoming events. So grab your dancing shoes, let down your hair, and get ready for some fun because it's all love in recovery. Yes, and, and so let me ask you a question because I know that the people that can hear the sound of my voice, they hear us talking about recovery. They hear us talking about these freeing experiences. They hear us talking about meetings and, and you know, for us, it's 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 common language. Meeting makers make it. We know. Keep coming back. But I guess I want to make sure that our listeners understand the power of the meeting. I want to make sure they understand the power of the meeting. A lot of us, before we found the fellowship, we were <laughs> we were fellows who were not on a ship. <laughs> you know, everybody's talking about. Well, we was on the ship, but it was the Titanic for sure. And and so I don't know if people understand the power of the fellowship. I don't know if people understand how isolated we were when we were in our, our stuff and, and what a fatal experience that, that was and is. And, and when we found this group of people who are happy, joyous, and free, when we found this group of people that are headed toward the light and you're headed toward the dark, we found this group of people that's talking about a power greater than themselves 
that has set them free has restored them to sanity and they're following that, it's almost impossible to not want to look and see. But well, I'm gonna go with them. Hey, you know, and there's this dude saying, yo, my man, come here, come here. And, and you're looking and you see this group of people. I say, hey, dude, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, man, I'll be back, right? Yeah, no, I never went back because of this, this loving, this loving God and this powerful fellowship. So can you tell people what meetings mean to you, how you found meetings and what meetings really mean to you? Oh, great question, man. I, let me say this, first of all, to anybody out there who hears my voice. I have, and like you say, here's my voice, but I have been going to meetings regularly for 31 years. You know, my head have taught me out of a whole lot of thing over things over the years, but it never convinced me that I don't need y'all. Because you know, you know what they say, meeting makers make it, but people who don't go to meetings don't hear what happens to people who don't go to meetings. So the joy for me is the lessons that I have learned that people who stopped going to meetings or went back out and relapsed came back and shared with me. That has been one of the foundations of my recovery because I can't tell you how to relapse because I've never relapsed since I've been in recovery. But what I can tell you, I can tell you or the new person what I've learned from the person who came back from a relapse. You know, yes. and for me, if I can, Bill, because there are a lot of people out there that were like me. If it had to be because of God, I hated who I was so much when I got here and I hated God so much, I'm glad it wasn't that. And it's that it's that thing in the big book that I'm kind of prejudiced about when it's a beyond human aid, because if it wasn't for the human aid that I got when I got here, I wouldn't have stayed. Because if it had to be anything else for me in the beginning, I would have ran out of the door. It was that human aid, it was that human touch, it was sitting around tables and people telling me how they wake up in the morning and how they turn off the alarm clock and how they do laundry and how they catch the bus without drinking and getting high and how to get to work without drinking and getting high and how to get off work without, you know what I mean? Yes, how to go yes, purchase yes. modicard, how to go to the movies. It was all of those things that people taught, how to take a nap. You yes. know, y'all taught me that I could literally take a nap. Yes. I ain't have ass out. So it, it was that human touch that got me, you know, and some people say, you know, even if your God is a doorknob, you know, and that thing, Bill, it's what held me because for a long time in the beginning, my God was a doorknob. Let me tell you, every meeting that I went to, I introduced myself to the doorknob. Hey, doorknob, I'm here. I'm back yeah. again on Tuesday. You can't believe what I went through to get here, doorknob, but I'm here. Every meeting that I went to, I introduced myself to that doorknob. And I had this, some people might say it's crazy, but this was just me. It's my story. I had this loving relationship with every doorknob that I came in contact with. 
You understand what I'm saying, man? Yes. And I held a whole lot of conversations with doorknobs, yeah. you know, yeah. because if you guys said that might work for me until I found something else. Oh, I made it back to this Wednesday meet, meeting doorknob. You can't believe what. Oh, I'm so yeah. happy to see you. Let me rub you. Let me touch it. I'm so happy that I'm opening you going into this uh, 530 paycheck meeting. Oh, my goodness. I don't even want to let you go. You know, it, it, it was those kind of things that that people gave me until I found something to grab onto. This gentleman told me, Bill, he said, Ricky, go get some multivitamins and take a vitamin every day. And I wasn't a vitamin person. You know, it, it blew me away, man. It was like, I wake up in the morning, oh my goodness, I can't wait to take my vitamin. You know, you know what I mean? It was those little things that you guys gave me uh, it wasn't the big things, you know, like, you know, owning a pack of cigarettes and I own all 20 of the cigarettes, you yes. know, that joy of not having to pick butts. Yes. You know? Man, this yes. recovery thing is real, you know? And uh, so, you know, if, if, if that answers some of it, yes. that has, yes. and this gentleman told me, he said, Ricky, find a reason to love going to meetings. And I've never lost that love, Bill. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you know, I, <laughs> I, it's such an incredible thing. And I'm proud and privileged to be here with you today, you know, because when I came in, I definitely did not come in for recovery. The only reason I came in is because the police were after me. That's that. And, and, and that was it. And I was trying to get away from the police. I wasn't trying to do all that other stuff that they were doing. I don't want to read nothing. I don't want to don't hug me because I felt like if you hugged me, I would have, you know, I, I had the hug thing mixed up, right? <laughs> if you hugged me, Joker, you know, and, and but, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, this thing worked for me without my consent. <laughs> you hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. I went to my first meetings because they had food. You know, I, I remember we went to the clubhouse and they said, we don't have food here. But then I found out about the meetings in the hood. And when they would have a speaker meeting or a celebration, they had a they had some soul food up in there. So, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go to that meeting over there. You know what I'm saying? Because they had soul food. You know, I went to N.A. And, and this is really crazy because I was a dope thing. Right. I drank liquor all the time, but I was a dope thing. Right. I shot dope shot people. Then, you know, my my upgrade, my harm reduction was when I stopped shooting dope and started smoking crack. I thought that was the mm. best idea I ever had. Right. And, yeah. and so when I went to N.A. because I was an emotional terrorist and I went to N.A. and N.A. had N.A. girls, I had to go back to A.A. because I couldn't get sober in N.A. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cause them healthy guys, no, no, no. I gotta go back over there with them old dudes up there in that place that I yeah. don't like. Cause if other than that, I ain't gonna make it. <laughs> yeah. I get confused real easy, and when I get confused, I get my IQ gets lower and lower and lower. So I sat up in that room with them dudes, but I listened to that NA material. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, I remember when I went to get a sponsor, and, and I had so many internal issues that I couldn't get a sponsor because I thought that was like pick a boss program, you know, because I don't need anybody to tell me how to live. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm an expert at going to jails, penitentiaries, and near-death experiences. Why do I need some help, right? And, and I remember the first lady that I got, I found this old lady, and she used to look at me with disdain every time I walked by. She looked at me like, you know, and, and I remember going up to her, 
And I told her, I said, hey, listen, I want you to be my sponsor. And she said to me, I don't even like you. What makes you think <laughs> that I would be your sponsor? I said three things, right? One, I won't hit you because you're too old and I go to jail. Two, <laughs> I won't do nothing else to you because you're too old and I might go yeah. to jail. And number three, I'm willing to pay you. <laughs> she said, how much? I said, I ain't got much, but I'll give you something. She said, give it to me. And, and so that was my first sponsor. And she said, the only thing I can do for you is I will show you how to work the 12 steps. And that's it. I, I'm sold, lady. You know what I'm saying? And when yeah. I found out about the freedom that exists in the middle of this program, couldn't leave because I had never been free before. I'd never been around free people before. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen free men and free women. I'd never seen it before. And I never believed anything because I was the lionest joker that ever took a breath of fresh air. And I figured everybody was lying. When people say, I got 20 years, there ain't no way you ain't spoke no dope in 20 years. And, you know, it was something about repetitively coming back that I started to believe that maybe, just maybe, it might be true. Mm -hmm. and, and I knew it wasn't true for me, but it might be true for them. And, and, and then they do have jobs and they got some nice cars and they got jewelry. And, and you know, I'm, I just maybe just maybe what they're saying is true. And, and, you know, I tried to make passes at them and they wouldn't go for it. And I'm <laughs> like, well, maybe just maybe <laughs> they're not very friendly, but however, <laughs> Maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe, you know what I'm saying? And the next thing I know, I had been there for two years and, you know, I put, I set up some chairs and, and I, I read a lot of materials and, and I passed out a lot of things and, and uh, I found out that there was another way to live. Mm -hmm. You know, today, 15 years later, living a fairy tale existence and doing meetings every day because we do a recovery meeting over here that that's a little unconventional but it's a definitely a meeting and we do two of those every day for the community okay. and, and and you know just living in recovery and recovery living in me and seeing how that impacts other people people actually call especially in this stage of our development People actually call us Mr. You know what I mean? Hey, Mr. <laughs> Bill, Mr. Rich. Motherfuckers <laughs> don't know, motherfuckers to call me like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you smoke Boom. You know, and, and, and today people call me Mr. And, and you know, so I partnered with Tanisha a lot and she calls me Mr. Bill every day, right? And, and, and you know, I'm like, every time she says Mr., I'm like, I feel like I stole somebody else's seat, man. You know, people actually respect me today. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember when I used to, that, that, would, that would have had to have been a trick. I would try to trick people into respecting me and that wouldn't last but for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, you know, Ricky, I want to thank you for all of the stuff that you do. I want to thank you for your system of belief. I, I want to thank you for that. Uh, I'm, I, I know that you also spoke that you were a veteran and, and you, I'm a veteran as well, except my career ended up in Naval prison and all of my trips ended up in prison, right? Because I used to 
not just did drugs, but I did crime. I was an angry young man and then an angry middle-aged man. And then they found the penitentiary to lock me in for about 15 years. And when I came out, you know, I was angry, but uh, I was really done. I was really done, but it took me about 20 more years to figure out how to get done and stay done. I was like the turkey that was in the oven that was done, but he was still in the oven and I was burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's tough. He's burning. Somebody take him out of the oven. You know what I'm saying? And by the time they got me out of the oven and put me in the program, I truly was done. I, I was truly done. I was so happy to have found this new planet called recovery. Because where I come from, I don't think there was such a thing. Or, or it, was the, it was anonymous. The anonymous people had a corner on it. We would like to take a moment to acknowledge some of our partners in recovery. We are appreciative partners of the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network and would like to acknowledge them for providing peers with mental health resources and opportunities to become certified peer specialists in specific domains of their recovery. You can visit their website by going to www.gmhcn.org. We are also proud to be in partnership with the Georgia Council on Substance Abuse. They provide multiple recovery resources in the CARES Support Warm Line. You can visit their website by going to gasubstanceabuse.org. So us living our recovery out loud. I want to ask you a question so you can kind of tell us about your events coming up and how do people get in touch with your events and how does all that happen? Because a lot, we got a lot of viewers, a lot of listeners, and, and how do people make that connection and what events do you have coming up? Well, we have a all recovery Valentine's ball that will be happening February the 11th. Uh, we're, we're extending our time a little early. Doors will open at 6.30 because you know, a lot of curfew for people. So we're, we're opening up early so we can get started a little early so we can have some people to, to have some fun before their curfew also uh, with some of the halfway houses and treatment centers and stuff like that. But they can reach me at ueentertainment.net or they can send me a friend request on Facebook, Ricky Davis, or we also now have a, face, a private Facebook group UE Entertainment Recovery News is also a group now. So uh, we're going to have performers at this event. We're going to be giving away awards. We're going to have spoken word. We're going to have some, as a matter of fact, I went to a, uh, I went to a big book study and a gentleman in there, me and him got to talking and you know me, next thing I know, we're standing in the middle of the floor after the big book study and he's singing to me. So He's going to perform. You know, it, it's kind of like my last event. I was delivering some pallets for this all recovery haunted house and got to talking to a gentleman in the parking lot about the uh, the recovery bash that we had last time. And he was like, well, hey, man, I know a guy that plays uh, bass. I play guitar. What if we find a drum? So that was one of the bands that performed, you know, out of that parking lot conversation. These guys put a band together and they were playing on the UE Entertainment stage 
at our all recovery Thanksgiving bash. So that's what I like to do. You know, um, there's a flyer out and like I say, ueentertainment.net. It's where you can go purchase tickets. Uh, you can go look at the website, see kind of some of the things that we do. And we're just going to be moving forward, man, you know, and uh, uh, we love it. We love it. Yes. Yes. And, and I think Tanisha said she's going to come dressed like the Queen of Hearts. That's what she told me. <laughs> she was telling me that yesterday. She said, I'm going to marry Queen of Hearts or something she was saying. I'm I like, man, yes, sir. So She won't be out there. of place. She yeah, won't know, be out right? of place, let me tell you. That's what I'm talking about, man. So, you know, because she is a creative. So um, with with recovery news, what is that? What is recovery news? Well, we like to see recovery through the eyes of the artist. Okay. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there sharing recovery and talking about recovery. But we want to try and focus also to see recovery through the entertainment side. Okay. You know, people having events or what artists are doing or people that we're highlighting, what are they doing and what are they doing to give back to the recovery community? That kind of thing. So that's how we're looking at recovery because there's an entertainment side that's pretty awesome. There, there are a lot of people in recovery that are so talented. Whether you yeah. write, you don't have to be a musician, whether you write poems, whether you're an artist, whether you draw pictures, whether you, you know, make crafts or cook chefs, you know, that kind of thing. We got so many talents in recovery that it's amazing. So yes. that's why we kind of uh, focus on. And we'll tell you how to stay clean and sober also. But we want to look at the artists and say, how are you staying clean and sober? You know, play your guitar or, you know, share with us through this painting how it brought you to find some serenity. You know, that yes. that that kind of thing, you know. Um, yes, so that's yes. what we're and we're growing, Bill. You know, this thing is evolving by the day sometimes. You know, yes. I have met people in recovery since I've been doing it that have took UE Entertainment Recovery News in a different direction because of a conversation I had with them. So it'll yes. never sit still. It'll never be just one thing. Yes. You know, so yes. at the at the Rural Recovery Rally that we just did in Perry, you know, yes. uh, a gentleman came up and said, hey, man, if I give you this instrumental, can I sing? And man, he just had the, the I mean, a awesome performance. You know, that's yes. what we love. That's what we love doing. Showing yes. you, show the recovery community what you got. If it had to be a theory or a concept, that's it right there. Okay, wow, that is incredible. I wanted to ask, Mr. Ricky, so is UE Entertainment, is, are you local to a specific area? Do you always um, do your events you know, in the same area? Do you move around? Give us a little insight on that. Yes, ma'am. We do. Move. Well, as far as the events, I have most of the events in the Lilburn, Lawrenceville area because that's the area I live in. But we have did events because, you know, I own PA systems. I own mics. I own all of that kind of stuff. So UE Entertainment Recovery News have did events with People living in recovery and RCO, uh, peers, in I mean, uh, 
peers, uh, helping peers. We mm -hmm. did an event, the Rural Rally. We did an event for, uh, oh man, you're making me think of them and I'm just kind of going blank, but we did events for uh, several RCOs. So we will come to you if you are having an event and you might need music, you might need a PA system, you might need somebody to MC it. You know, I'm not a DJ in a sense because it's something that I've never done, but I own the equipment. And if I can come to your event and help benefit that event by playing music, then that's what UE Entertainment will do. Wow, that is so powerful. And you know, it just as you were mentioning that, so I happen to be a certified addiction recovery empowerment specialist, which are CARES or CPSAD uh, now. And, and so, you know, I've had the, I had the privilege of being in a CARES class 10, 11 years ago now. I mean, gee, how time flies when you're having fun, right? About 11 years ago. And the ladies that were in my class, so we've got an RCO here called Grid and Grace. I don't know if you've met Hank. Hank and them have one up there in Coweta County. Uh, Coweta okay, Force. Hank Arnold. Me and Hank, yeah. we were roommates during the, with, yeah. Uh, Teresa who is, I think that's where y'all had the rural recovery rally. So yeah. her and I were in the same class. Alexia, who has our two rides, right? All yeah. of us were in the same class, right? Okay. And, and so it's kind of amazing. And there's a lot more of us as well. Yeah, Tanisha um, was at his event at the- um, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so um, it is an incredible privilege to see how many different, and, and it's something that you said when I was listening to you and you were talking on YouTube, the, the many different arms that recovery has. There's no limit to where recovery flourishes, where the light of recovery shines. You know, for some of us, it's a ministry, it's a way of life. It, it happens everywhere we go. You know, I've actually had people say to me, that's all you ever talk about is recovery. As before recovery, all I used to do is rob people. So I mean, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can take a choice. You can let me laugh and talk about recovery, or you can let me rob you. I mean, you know, whichever one. You know, I prefer to laugh and talk about recovery today. Um, you know, I just Ricky, I just really, really, really want to thank you, man. I want to thank you for just being you, just being authentic, um, just being a good partner to people just, you know, for your investment, because it's true. The one thing that I've taken away from what you said today, it's true. It, we don't have to make it up. It's true. It, it, it's the very fiber and the foundation of our lives, you know, and recovery is our life today. And, and I don't have a problem being transparent you know, and, and I respect anybody who wants to be anonymous. That's cool. You don't have to let people know what color draws you got on if you don't want to. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just want to thank you, man. You know, my name is Bill. This is Tanisha. And we got Ricky here with us today. And, and we've just had a very robust conversation about his business, but really about our business. And that is the business of recovery. And, and that's a business that's open to anybody who wants to come through the door.
And there are multiple pathways to, to get to where we're talking about. And we're just talking about a place called freedom. And it, it's on the inside of us. We're talking about a place called serenity. It's on the inside of us. We're talking about what do you feed the thing that's inside the skin you're in? What do you feed it to make it healthy and keep it happy and keep it well and make it grow and, and let it laugh and, and so it doesn't eat people and eat you and it, it's not trauma-based and mama-based, drama-based, that that it's that life can be a beautiful experience, like living a dream, you know, and, and so it's a privilege to be here today and there was a time when people used to say all kind of bad stuff about us. Today, they can say whatever they want, but when they say it, they also have to say, the mail is here and you got 1099s in there. I mean, you know, they have to say that we are business owners today and, and, and our businesses are about delivering a message to people in a lot of different ways, you know, and, and it's not restricted. And, and I'm just privileged to be part of what we're doing right here today. So I just want to thank you very, very, very much for being part of the recovery hour and also being a good friend and partner to all of us. Tanisha, can you do me a favor? Can you tell all the people out there in Radio Land how they can get this message? Absolutely. Um, every week, we want to extend an invitation for all of you all to stay connected with us. In order to do that, you can go to our website. You go to rockdalesteppingup.com. If you scroll all the way to the bottom of that page, there's a stay connected tab. That Stay Connected tab will take you to our monthly newsletters. And on our monthly newsletters, there's always a uh, message from Commissioner Doreen Williams that's called the Commissioner's Corner. We also, we choose a person in recovery as our champion of recovery. And we highlight them with a video of them telling their story. A new segment of our, our newsletter is the Champion of Change, where we highlight one of our partners here in the recovery community and the changes that they are making and the impact they're making on the recovery community. And of course, we have several different recovery resources, announcements, and things that are going on in the community. We encourage you to follow our partners in recovery, Grit and Grace, a recovery community organization, on their social media pages, which can be found on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Grit and Grace RCO. Also, if you want to keep hearing these messages, the ones just like you've heard today, tune in to Cat 10 ENT on the His Hop Network every Wednesday at 12 noon. And then we replay again on Thursdays at 1 p.m. If you cannot tune in at those times, you can listen to our podcast at your own convenience. And we highly encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so you can get the notifications and you won't miss the shows. We're on several different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes, and which is Apple Podcasts. And just for you all, all of our listeners, we have also created a Facebook group called the Recovery Hour Community. So you all join us on there. And as always, we tell you all to keep coming back. Wow. Thank you so much, man. I am so glad I'm having to say that part right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, Ricky, I want to ask you one more question. What message do you have for all the people that are going to hear this message, man? To keep coming back. Keep coming back, y'all. That's, That's it. Y'all heard it from the best right, of the keep business. Coming back. Iron you know, sharp as iron. Keep coming back. Keep following your dreams. 
Yes, man. Thank you so much, Ricky, man. This has been it, man. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.